0: About six months ago, last fall, um, I decided, I just made the decision that I wanted to step up my game uh, when it came to cooking. And I've really enjoyed learning to cook uh, various dishes. And I think it's been helpful for uh, my family uh, during this time when we're spending so much time uh, at home. And just a couple of weeks ago, I discovered this really incredible, simple, Uh, chicken cacciatore recipe. Let me just tell you a little bit about it. It has four uh, basic ingredients. Uh, First of all, Uh, As you can imagine, it has chicken in it, and by the way, uh, I I really uh, prefer chicken thighs, boneless chicken thighs, over uh, boneless chicken breasts for this dish. It's just a little bit juicier, uh, adds just a nice flavor to it. And with this group of ingredients, we have, of course, the chicken. Uh, You need to dredge it in flour. You need salt and pepper your chicken. It needs a touch of olive oil for the pan, and maybe, okay, maybe a little more uh, than a touch of butter. And then we have uh, what some call, in the snobby cooking world, uh, the aromatics. So you need a medium onion, uh, you need five cloves, yes, five cloves of uh, garlic, uh, diced up, and of course, uh, a little bit of thyme and a little bit of uh, ground turmeric. That's just a really nice flavor. The third uh, group of ingredients uh, makes up the sauce. So we have uh, fire-roasted diced tomatoes, and uh, also some just some sweet peppers. This add such a nice, uh, fresh taste to this. And then lastly, uh, what's holding this dish all together uh, is uh, the pasta. Of course we need uh, the pasta to make uh, the dish really good. Now, think about this for a moment. If I remove any of these groups of ingredients, so for example, if I removed the pasta, it wouldn't be really chicken cacciatore. It'd be sort of like a, a chicken soup or something. And then if I removed the sauce, man, that would be strange. It just wouldn't uh, feel right. It'd be sort of chicken and, and, and onion and, and garlic. It just it just wouldn't come together. And of course, if I moved removed the aromatics, that's going to be really weird and and really bland. And then. If I remove the chicken, I don't know. Maybe we've got sort of veggie cacciatore or or something like that. It just, it just wouldn't work out. We need all four groups of ingredients for this dish to be as good and as wonderful as it is. And by the way, my family really enjoyed it. No, I'm not ready for uh, the show on Chopped yet, but I think I might get there uh, one day. So... If you think about this for a moment, this is not a cooking show. I I don't know if you were wondering about it. You don't have to think too long about that. But as I mentioned at the beginning of our service, uh, we are spending this time at home and a great deal of time at home. And what a great time. What a great time for us to focus on our spiritual growth and our spiritual development. Wouldn't it be a shame if we spent all this time uh, at home and we didn't focus on something that would really improve our lives and make a difference not only in our life but in the lives of those around us. And so one of the aspects I'd like for us to consider today is what it means to pursue spiritual growth at home. You know, sometimes people think well the only way I can grow spiritually is go to the church. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. This is a great time to focus on your spiritual growth and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. The passage that Brian read earlier is an incredible passage that describes the very first Christian church and the disciples in that church. Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke, wrote Acts. And Acts opens with just this absolute incredible rush Activity. We have Jesus at the very beginning commissioning the disciples to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Then we see the Holy Spirit that is given uh, to the disciples of Jesus and the church at the day of Pentecost. And then Peter preaches this incredible sermon, and 3,000 people were added to their number on that day. And the church just exploded and it grew. Our text then. Acts 2, 42 through 47, gives us a snapshot of what this first century church looked like, what it was like as they began this journey of following Jesus as a church together after he had ascended to the Father. And what we see is we see vital characteristics of a growing church and vital characteristics of a growing church disciple. So here's what I'd like for us to do together as we explore this passage. I would like for us to look at these four vital elements. And then I would like to look at the incredible impact they make in the life of the follower of Jesus and the life of the church, the lives of our families. And then I'd like for us to look at very practical steps we can take to pursue spiritual growth at home. But first, I want us to notice how the text begins. The text says that they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. You know, when we say somebody is devoted, we say that their heart is all in. And in order to grow spiritually, we need to devote ourselves to the the idea of spiritual growth. We have to put our heart into it. Otherwise, our desire to grow would be sporadic at best. It would be like one step forward and two steps back, or maybe sometimes two steps forward, but then one step back. And what we see here is a very high challenge to grow spiritually. And when we look at the life of Jesus and his disciples, we see uh, their journey characterized by both invitation and challenge that Jesus would invite his disciples he would he would journey with them he would connect with their heart but he would also connect with their heart by issuing them a very high challenge for example in Luke chapter 9 verse 23 Jesus said whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me and notice it says take up their cross daily and follow me. This is a daily journey of laying down our lives and taking up the cross of Jesus. Later on in the very same chapter, uh, Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, it's just pure focus and pure devotion in order for us to really grow as disciples. So let's just get it out on the kitchen table this morning that in order to grow spiritually, we have to put our heart into it. We have to be devoted to following Jesus. Okay, so again, four vital elements. The first element, or if you want to use the word ingredient, use ingredient, but the first vital element is they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Luke does not tell us exactly what the apostles taught. But when you take a look at the gospels, you can see that the apostles were focused on the life and the ministry of Jesus. They were focused on teaching about his sacrificial death, about his resurrection, and how they were also focused on teaching the nature of the kingdom of God. So in other words, these disciples in the very first church, they picked up and 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 put forward the teaching of Jesus which helped completely reshape their world view. You know, one of the descriptions I've used before about the Christian church is that the teachings of Jesus and the ways of Jesus is absolutely revolutionary and it is countercultural. It is a message of love in a hate-filled world. It is a message of unity in a very divided world world. It is a message of forgiveness in a grudge-filled grudge-carrying world. It is a message of holiness in a world that is often feels really unholy. Can you imagine with me for a moment what the world would have been like if we didn't have and if we if we didn't have the Christian world view? So they were devoted to the disciples' teaching. The second element that they were devoted to is, our text says it was the fellowship. Another way to say this is the common life. Now, this is an incredibly compelling image of the first century church. They shared possessions. They ate together. They went to the temple daily together. They liquidated their property to share with anybody who had need. Imagine that, having a piece of property and saying, well, here, let me sell it so that I can help you with your most basic needs. Now, does this mean that we are supposed to do this today? Yes and no. So what do I mean by no? One of the things we have to always remember when we study the Bible is that everything the Bible describes, it does not necessarily prescribe in the life Of the Christian. And so we have here a description of the first century church, but it is not necessarily a prescription of exactly what we are supposed to do. But the bottom line here is we have to find okay, what is it prescribing if this is not the description of of exactly what we should do? The prescription here is to do whatever it takes to support one another and to develop this sense of family. And so it may not be our call to sell our land and give to those in need, but it does say to do whatever it takes and take radical steps of generosity in order to meet the needs of others. And here is what's absolutely mind-blowing to me. There is absolutely every indication, as you look at the development of the first century church, that they not only met the needs of fellow believers— but they also met the needs of others who were non-believers, who were outside the the family of faith. The ministry of hospitality led to the ministry of evangelism. The ministry of compassion and mercy led to people coming to faith in Jesus. Uh, One of my professors have always said, you know, one of the best ways to describe sometimes the ministry of Jesus is that Jesus ate good food with bad people. In other words, Jesus hung out and ate with sinners, and eventually these people came to know him and to trust him and to follow him. So they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to the common life. The third element is that they were devoted to the breaking of bread. Now, is this redundant? Because we just talked about they were eating together and they spent time in one another's homes. Uh, No, it's not quite the same. Here, this is referring to the practice of communion, which when you drill down even further, it's referring to the practice of the Lord's Supper and the proclamation of the sacrificial love and the death of Jesus. They were devoted to constantly talking about how much Jesus loved them, that he gave his life to forgive people of their sins so that they may have freedom, so that they may have new life. St. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The apostles' teaching, they were devoted to it. The common life, they were devoted to it. The breaking of bread, the proclamation of the love and, 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 and the life of Jesus. And then the fourth element is the element of prayer. They were devoted to to prayer, a commitment to prayer reminds us that we are people who are wonderfully and prayerfully connected to heaven. Yes, we live on earth, but our horizon is heaven bound. Yes, we live here, but our power comes from above. There's nothing too small that we can't just lift up and take to the throne of God. The first church was devoted to teaching They were devoted to the common life. They were devoted to breaking bread, proclaiming the ministry of Jesus, and they were devoted to prayer. Now, just as we took our basket here and just as we uh, consider what it would be like to have that dish without one of the elements, can you imagine the Christian life without one of those essential, vital elements? Can you imagine the Christian life without the teachings of Jesus? I mean, this is how we know, and this is how we understand the heartbeat of God. I mean, if you neglect the teaching of Jesus, then eventually Christians will fade off and they'll just assimilate into the culture around them. Or can you imagine the Christian life without the commitment to the fellowship, without the commitment to the common good, the common purpose the common journey of faith. I mean, we need each other. We cannot live the life of Jesus separated and in isolation from each other. That's why during this time here at Old Town Community Church, we have just gone the extra mile in making sure that we help you stay connected, either through virtual table groups or virtual Bible studies or or time of, of congregational prayer, because we know we need each other to sustain the journey of faith. A few weeks ago, I read a letter from Molly Wood uh, to her class uh, about um, just, she was updating her class, but when I read that letter, you could tell what Molly was doing as she wrote them their notes is she was encouraging them in the faith. She was encouraging them to persevere and to 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 be patient and wait on the Lord to deliver us uh, from this time. We need each other to sustain Christian growth. Can you imagine the Christian life without the proclamation of the gospel, the breaking of bread? Can you imagine the Christian life without constantly being reminded of the sacrificial love of Jesus? You know, this world can beat you up and this world can weigh you down and this world can sometimes make you feel really uh, bad about yourself. But here comes this common practice of, of, of proclaiming the sacrificial death of Jesus, the incredible life-giving love for humankind. Oh, how beautiful it is. I can't imagine what it would be like to live in a world where we weren't proclaiming the love of Jesus and the new hope and the new life. Can you imagine the Christian life without prayer? No, no. I'll say it again, no. Can you imagine journeying through this time right now without being able to pray? without being able to take our concerns and our thoughts and our cares our anxieties to the father in heaven no so we need every single one of these ingredients to grow in our faith so when i described the chicken cacciatore i told you about every single ingredient didn't i well I left a few really incredible things or essential things out as well. There's something missing that you absolutely need to make it work. Does anybody know? Can anybody guess? If you can guess, you can put it in the in the chat room if you want. But it's really the simple elements of the fire on the stove to cook, right? And the pan. The pan that would hold all those ingredients together. So what is that in the life of the disciple of Jesus and the life of the church. The fire is the Holy Spirit. The fire came, tons of fire came on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was just unleashed in the hearts of believers. And you need the power, you need the fire of the Holy Spirit to help you to grow, to be more and more like Jesus. We, as a church, need the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit to be on mission and to be the church that Jesus wants to be during this time. And we need the pan. Now, what is the pan? I would suggest the pan is the, Is agape love. You know, agape love is this willful, decisive love. It's it's, it's willfully choosing to love people even when they may seem unlovely to you. And agape love is uniquely expressed in this passage. I believe it's uniquely expressed in the life of a disciple of Jesus through the spirit of generosity, seeing how they're they're sharing what they have with one another, through the spirit of sacrifice, through the spirit of humility, and the spirit of service. Agape love is sacrificial, it's generous, it's, it's humble, and it's serving. It's amazing amazing we need the fire in the pan we need the Holy Spirit and agape love to hold and to, to, to bring these elements to fruition in our lives. So those are the other four vital elements. Let me move now and and talk about their impact. The first impact we see from this church is that they were filled they were filled with awe. the it says the disciples, performed signs and wonders. They performed miracles, and the people were just filled with awe. They were absolutely amazed. You know, God will always do whatever God chooses to do to demonstrate God's power and to call people to believe and to have faith. Now, do we see signs and wonders happening today? well, I do believe miracles continue to happen. Maybe we don't see them uh, like they saw them in the first century church, but I do believe miracles continue to happen. I just think often we we don't open our eyes and open the eyes of our heart and open the eyes of faith in order to see them. They may be more prevalent than we realize. Uh, i Heard saw this YouTube video about a a minister who was describing how he described his work to a lady that was sitting beside him on a plane, and and she didn't know him, and and so she just started out by asking him, "So, what do you do?" And he said, "Like I felt before uh, as well, that as soon as you say you're a minister, as soon as you say you're a pastor of a church, that the conversation can go one or two ways. People can either just..." say, oh, my goodness, and they want to get as far away from you as possible, or they want to ask you every single question about the Bible, and, and which is fine. You spend the whole flight talking about the Bible, and sometimes they try to stump you and all this kind of stuff. Well, it was fascinating how this guy answered the question. He uh, told the lady, he said, you know, I, I work for a global enterprise. And she said, really, a global enterprise? So where are you? And he said, well, we have outlets all around the world. And he went on to say, we've got hospitals and we've got schools and we've got homeless shelters and we help marriages. We help people stay married and have strong marriages. We do justice and we do reconciliation work. And he went on to say, you know, we really look after people from birth to death and we help them, you know, change behaviors that are destructive in their lives. And this woman said, That is an amazing global enterprise. What's the name of this enterprise? And he looked at her and said, the church. The church. The church of Jesus is on mission today doing miraculous and wonderful and life-changing things in the name of Jesus. They may not look like the miracles from the Bible all the time, but I guarantee you they have supernatural power. They have the fire of the Holy Spirit empowering them and enabling them to happen. That is what is so cool about joining our hearts and minds and joining our, the common life together and being part of the global mission and the global purpose of the church of Jesus. We're just so connected uh, all around the world and people when they see the work of the church, they're absolutely filled with awe. Uh, the second impact is abundance. And so we, they were all inspired, and, and we see abundance that no one lacked. They had everything they needed. Uh, later on in Acts chapter 4, it simply said there were no needs. And they again talked about this sharing of possessions. You know, it doesn't mean that everybody got wealthy, it just meant they had everything they needed. You know, our Lord Jesus said that he came to give life, and he came to give life to the full or to give abundant life. And we know when we come to him that we have everything, everything we need to know the heart of God and to connect with the heart of God. We have all the spiritual blessings and all the spiritual graces we need. But we also need to know when we're his child, and when we are a part of the family of God, we also have the material things that we need because we're called to give and to support and to encourage one another uh, in this journey. Uh, you know, I got a text this past week from uh, a member here at Old Town Community Church and uh, it was simply, hey Phil, uh, I was able to buy an extra 12 pack of toilet paper or 12 rolls of toilet paper, do you know anybody who need some you know what an incredible time we're in right I never thought as a pastor I might be the middleman to get toilet paper to people who needed it and what a prized commodity what a prized possession uh, in this time and I thought how incredibly generous and thoughtful of this OTC'er seer uh, in this time to be willing to share uh, something that everybody has need and that can be quite hard uh, to find. And so the impact was they were filled with awe. The impact was there was abundance. Everybody had what they needed. And then thirdly, we see that they were attractive. Now, were they on the cover of, of GQ or whatever all the magazines are? No, it doesn't say that at all. But what it says is daily the Lord added to their number. Daily people were drawn to this community. Remember how I said these were vital uh, elements of the disciples' life? You notice we don't actually even see the word evangelism or, or mission in this passage, but evangelism happened and the mission of God was advanced. When people live the life of an authentic disciple, when they are committed to learning the heartbeat of God and the teachings of God, when they're committed to one another and the common life and common purpose, when they're committed to proclaiming the death and the sacrificial love of Jesus, when they're committed to prayer, evangelism, life change happens. When Jesus told his disciples that they would be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, I believe this is exactly what he had in mind. These disciples would go on to season and to light their world in such a way that people would be drawn by the Holy Spirit to be a part of their movement. Boy, isn't that our prayer here at Old Town Community Church, that people would see the way that we live our lives unto the Lord and they would be just drawn to the movement of God. What a beautiful picture of the life of God. Of the disciple lived out in the church of Jesus I am so drawn to this vision of what it means to be a disciple and what it means to be a part of the Lord's church so how do we live this out practically at home and we put some suggestions for you on the screen there so how do we live out being committed to the teaching of our Lord while we're at home well uh, today, many of you joined uh, our 930 Bible study as As Brian led uh, the study of Romans. Uh, we have a women's Bible study you heard about earlier, almost 30 ladies on a Bible study sharing the Word of God together uh, over Zoom. Of course, our Sunday sermons, we've just unpacked uh, this beautiful passage from Acts. It's a great way to study the Bible together. Uh, we're also looking at a way to, to get resources into the hands of, of all of our family of faith uh, through right now uh, media, which is somebody said it's sort of like Netflix for uh, Bible teaching, and so that you can access that and just go and get uh, Bible studies. We offer occasional seminars. Uh, We're also offering resource for parents to teach the Word of God to your kids. But boy, um, I've heard so many uh, people saying, you know, I've learned this, I've learned that, uh, I've taken this opportunity. Boy, let me encourage you take this opportunity uh, to study the Bible. You can grow in your knowledge of the Word of God and in your application of the Word of God uh, right there at home. How can we pursue pursue the common life? And let's just admit, this one is is challenging uh, since we are all at our homes and we can't just gather together. You know, that's the beautiful thing I I was sharing with someone. I don't think uh, there will be a disciple of Jesus that takes gathering together for granted anymore after this time. But how can we do that? Well, we have virtual table groups. Um, And let me encourage you, if you'd like to join a table group, to please uh, email Brian Uh, b.hoisa at oldtown.cc, and he'll make sure you get into a table group. Uh, These groups are meeting by Zoom, and it's a wonderful time of catching up with each other, of prayer, of encouraging each other in the faith. Our Bible study classes are also a way to share the common life as we share the Word of God together. Uh, There are opportunities for one-on-one encouragement, uh, one-on-one pastoral counseling. If that is something uh, you're interested in, uh, please email me uh, and let me know, uh, pfag at oldtown.cc. And then uh, I've I've listed on here what I've called community engagement. Remember how I said that the early church just didn't limit their sense of, of common life and hospitality? to people inside the church. I want to encourage you uh, as you're walking throughout your neighborhood, as you have an opportunity to to talk with your neighbors, even at a safe distance, to ask them how they're doing, to encourage them uh, to to, to persevere and to stay strong. And you have an opportunity to to develop deeper relationships right there in your community that you may not have before. There's the breaking of bread, the proclamation, of the life and the sacrificial love of jesus how do we do this at home how do we evangelize how do we share our faith how do we share the gospel from home well let me encourage you Uh, take out a piece of paper and make a list of the people you know the people in your life who do not have a relationship with jesus christ and then make the commitment to praying for them every single day and ask God to guide your conversations with them. I'm telling you, people right now in this season, they are more open to the things of God. They're more open to hearing about the love and the hope of our Lord Jesus. And and just ask Lord for the strength and the grace to bear witness to him. Every opportunity that you get, you know, uh, you could even have just as simple a conversation as somebody saying, hey, uh, how are you doing? How are you making it through this time? And you could say, you know, um, it's challenging just like it is for everybody, but, you know, I take great comfort in my relationship with Jesus. I great take great comfort in the strength that he gives me to make it through. That is just an opportunity uh, to bear witness in your life, and then also Uh, We have a resource for you on our website uh, where you can go and you can actually uh, have a a guide there on how to share your faith with someone else, how to walk them through uh, how to become a Christian. Or uh, you can send the link to them and they can read it and then you can talk with them about it. But you can evangelize even in this stay-at-home. You can be on mission and share the love of Jesus, share the gospel of Jesus, even in this stay-at-home time. And of course, maybe, uh, maybe the, the 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 most natural thing we can do during this time is to pursue the life of prayer. Uh, it was beautiful to to hear our kids, you know, leading us in 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 prayer uh, from their home. But you can. Uh, Uh, Join our daily email prayer prompts called Praying Through the Desert, and and you can uh, pray uh, these simple prayers uh, each day uh, to pursue the life of prayer. You can also join uh, in our church-wide gatherings. Of course, uh, you can pursue your your personal time of prayer and and make it it a, a daily habit to pray and to ask for uh, the Lord's guidance and ask for the Lord to, to bless those in your family and to protect those in your family. And let me just really encourage you, if you're able, uh, to consider prayer walking. You know, all the health experts said that, if you know, if you're if you if you're not um, in, a, in a high-risk health situation, that getting outside and, and exercising and walking as long as you keep uh, safe distance is actually really good for you. Um, I really enjoy the exercise of prayer walking. I want you to know as your pastor, uh, each day that, that I walk, I pray for you. I pray for our congregation. Uh, those of you who have, who have specific prayer requests, I lift them up to God during that time. I pray for my neighbors when I walk by their homes. I pray for uh, the restaurants and the businesses and in Old Town and the economy. Uh, when I'm walking along the river and I see the United States Capitol, it prompts me to pray uh, for our political leaders, to pray for our president and our Congress. I'm just telling you there's something about walking around. You can redeem that time of exercise and that time of walking by taking uh, uh, opportunities to pray and to just lift your heart. You don't have to close your eyes um, to pray, uh, but you can be prompted to pray um, as you walk. And so those are just a few suggestions on how you can pursue uh, spiritual growth during this at-home time, uh, during this season. So my prayer for you is that you will take this moment in history, that you'll take this once-in-a-lifetime, no, maybe even once-in-a-century moment in history and dedicate it to the Lord. Say, God, I give you this time. I give you this time at home. And Lord, please, by your grace, help me to grow to be more and more like Jesus. By the grace of God, you can do it. And by the grace of God, We can do it together. God bless you, and may you offer your life to Him. May you be devoted to the teaching of the Word of God, the common life of the Christian community. May you be devoted to the proclamation of the love of Jesus. May you be devoted to the life of prayer. Amen. Let's pray together. And now let's prepare our hearts to break bread and to share in communion together. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we are so humbled and grateful for the way that you speak to us in your word. God, thank you for uh, just giving us this account of the first century church and, and what it was like when those first Christians empowered by the Holy Spirit began living out the life of Jesus together. Lord, I pray for each person listening to uh, this time of teaching that they would offer their hearts to you, that they would be fully devoted to pursuing your life, that they would be fully devoted to becoming more and more like Jesus. Lord, you know our, uh, the difficulties, you know uh, the hard spots in our life, Lord, you know our weaknesses. You know where we need to grow. And so, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, come in and just light the fire in our lives. Give us a deeper and greater passion, Lord, for knowing you. And Lord, we're going to just say that any growth we have is because your grace is moving in us in an unhindered way. So, Lord, help us by your grace to bend our wills to your will so that your spirit can move in and through us and out into this world that you deeply love, unhindered, so that we are salt and so that we are light wherever we go. Now God, as we prepare our hearts for communion, as we prepare our hearts to remember Jesus, remember your son, his life, his death, his sacrifice, Lord, we proclaim him and we celebrate his sacrificial love For us, this love that went to the cross, this love that gave so that we may have life, this love that was poured out on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.